There are many legends in the woods of Northwestern Connecticut. They are tales of horror, betrayal, witchcraft, and curses, but tales are just stories. They're events that have become weathered by the past and they blur the line between reality and fantasy. In the far reaches of this place, lost in the pages of time, rest the remains of one of America's most famous cursed villages, Dudley Town. You won't find it on any maps, not anymore. All the homes of this once thriving village are gone, but the stories say the land where they once stood is not empty. Among the woods, rocks, and fields are the tales. The tales of ghosts, demons, unexplained mysteries, and a rich history that dates back to the very beginnings of this country. Today, only the cellar holes and crumbling rock foundations remain from the heyday of Dudley Town. The roads that once traveled here are now only narrow trails, swallowed by the forest. They're trails along which only a few adventurous hikers and the occasional ghost hunter dare to wander. This land has been off limits for decades now, but curiosity seekers will sometimes still dare to venture down dark entry road and into these shadowy woods at night, risking injury, arrest, and if any of the stories are to be believed, perhaps even death. Welcome to American Hauntings, the podcast dedicated to the history, hauntings, and the dark side of American history. And welcome to our new season, Woods and Fields, Dark and Wicked, which is hosted and produced by Cody Beck and written and performed by Troy Taylor. That's me. We have a long road ahead of us this season, traveling to America's forests, farms, and fields with tales of witchcraft and hexes, cults and curses, calamities and cannibalism, massacres and mysterious disappearances, and more magic, mayhem, sinners, and spirits than we've ever offered before. In this episode, we're going to be delving deep into the woods of Connecticut for a story that has been plucked from the pages of the past. It's about a place called Dudley Town, which has been called a cursed place for at least two centuries now. I still remember when I heard about Dudley Town. I was told it was a place where monsters drove the inhabitants insane and caused them to abandon their town. Well, that turned out to be not exactly accurate, but I needed to see it anyway. And those wild days of ghost hunting in the middle 1990s, I was able to get someone to take me there. When I told an acquaintance I was going to Dudley Town, I was asked to do him a favor, bring him back a rock. You see, he was collecting rocks from allegedly haunted and cursed places around the country and using them to build a large stone ring in his backyard that he believed, when completed, would allow spirits from the other side to come into our world and that he could cross back and forth to the other. Well, I brought back the rock and, well, more about that later. Let's take our trip into the strange world of Dudley Town. Dudley Town is a village that breathes no more. It once rose spectacularly, produced a number of distinguished people, and then died tragically. Nature has buried all the evidence of its life. Foundations remain of the homes, a school, and a few scattered buildings. After the last resident left, silence fell on the town, and it's a silence that will never be broken. No one is eager to rebuild this place. 
In death, Dudley Town offered the nearby town of Cornwall and the rest of northwestern Connecticut enough material to create a collection of strange stories. The tales became familiar ones to the men and women who lived and worked in the shadow of what became known as that curse-stricken hill. What would become the settlement of Dudley Town was first owned by a man named Thomas Griffiths in 1738. It would be located on a hilly plateau surrounded by the Bald and Coalfoot Mountains. A community was formed and began to grow, serving as home to families with names like Jones, Patterson, Carter, Tanner, Dibble, and Porter. Because of the number of owls in the area who created a racket in the stands of white pines, hemlock, and chestnut trees in the town, the settlement was first called Owlsbury. The Dudleys didn't arrive until 1747. Abiel and Barzillai Dudley, veterans of the French and Indian War, were later joined by Gideon, Martin, and Obajwa. Whether the men were brothers is unknown, but there were so many of them, once you included their families, they ended up giving the town their name. And they might have given it something else, too. Since the 1920s, the Dudleys have become known as the men who brought a curse to this small town, a curse that has plagued the place ever since. The stories say that this curse followed them from England. Records show that one Edmund Dudley was beheaded for being involved in a plot to overthrow King Henry VII. Supposedly, a curse was placed on his family at the time, which stated that all the Dudley descendants would be surrounded by horror and death. After that, the Dudleys began to experience a rather disquieting run of bad luck. Edmund's son, John Dudley, the Duke of Northumberland, plotted to overthrow Edward VI by arranging a marriage between his son Guilford and Lady Jane Grey. After the king's death, she became queen for a short time before the plot failed. As a result, Lady Jane and both Dudleys lost their heads. In the meantime, Guilford's brother, a military officer, returned to England from France and brought a plague home with him. The sickness spread to his troops, killing most of them, as well as thousands of English citizens. John Dudley's third son, Robert, Earl of Leicester, a favorite of Elizabeth I, wisely decided to leave England for America. His descendant, William Dudley, was the first to settle in Connecticut. His descendants, Abiel and Barzillai, Dudley moved to Cornwall Hills in the middle of the 1700s and settled in what would become Dudley Town. When they arrived here, the land today looks much the same as it did then. It was covered in thick forest and the ground was strewn with rocks. The nearby mountains heavily shadowed much of the area, offering limited sunlight. The woods were dubbed with the rather ominous name of Dark Entry Forest. In the years that passed, the close-knit community was inhabited mostly by farmers who grew flax, wheat, and corn. Farming was difficult, though, largely because of the isolation, the shadows caused by the hills and by the rocks in the fields. The land was cleared by using the rocks to build homes and walls, but there always seemed to be more rocks to move out of the way of the plow blade. Eventually, farming became a secondary concern after iron ore was discovered nearby. Charcoal was needed for the furnaces, so Dudley Town men cut timber to sell to the mining companies. The town prospered, but was never going to become large. There were never any stores, shops, or churches in Dudley Town. Provisions had to be purchased in nearby Cornwall. Local residents attended Cornwall's Congregational Church and used its cemeteries to bury the dead. 
By the latter years of the 19th century, Dudleytown's days were numbered. The iron furnaces had closed years before, moving closer to the railroads and to the more industrial towns. The lumber from the community was no longer needed. At one time, there were three water-powered mills in Dudleytown, but they closed because it was too far down the mountain to make it affordable to deliver their goods. And throughout this time, from the beginning to the end of Dudleytown, were the strange deaths, the bizarre disappearances, and the inordinate number of people who simply went insane. There are many who refuse to consider the idea that the area was cursed, but even if we ignore that and agree that curses don't really exist, we still have a lot of explaining to do about what happened in Dudleytown. Deaths, disappearances, and mental illness occur everywhere and always have, but why were there so many in such an isolated area with so few people living there? The number of deaths that occurred in Dudleytown during its brief history would not be a high number in a larger town, but in this small community, you have to wonder what was going on. There are also, I feel, a very large number of people who went insane, as well as people who simply vanished in a town this size. It's no wonder that Dudleytown gained a reputation for being cursed. Only ABL of the original Dudleys lived out his life in the area. The others moved out of the region and lived long and full lives, making us wonder if it was the Dudleys themselves who were cursed or if the curse was really on the land in which they settled. ABL did not fare well in the town that had been named for his family. After a series of financial reverses, he lost his entire fortune and his sanity. He died in 1799 at the age of 90, and when he was no longer able to pay his debts, the town took his property, sold it, and then made him a ward of the community. Toward the end, ABL was completely insane and would not be the last person in the community to suffer from this affliction. In 1792, seven years before ABL died, an untimely death occurred that marks what most believe was the start of the strange deaths. Gershon Hollister fell to his death while building a barn at the home of William Tanner. Oddly, Tanner was also a victim of the alleged curse. He also became insane before he died, and perhaps that was the reason for the bizarre things that he told people about the woods around his house. Tanner told other villagers of strange creatures that came out of the woods at night and knocked on his doors and windows. Whether or not these creatures were real or the product of Tanner's mental instability is unknown. The Nathaniel Carter family moved to Dudleytown in 1759 and lived in a house once owned by ABL Dudley. When a mysterious sickness passed through Dudleytown and Cornwall, several of the Carter relatives died from it. Saddened by the loss, the Carters moved to Binghamton, New York. But the curse of Dudleytown, the stories say, followed them there. In 1764, a band of hostile Native Americans attacked their home and killed Nathaniel, his wife, and an infant child. The Carters' other three children were abducted and taken to Canada, where two daughters were ransomed. The son, David Carter, remained with his captors, married a Native American woman, and later returned to the United States for his education. He went on to edit a newspaper and became a justice on the Supreme Court. So perhaps David outran the curse. Another bizarre tragedy affected one of the most famous residents of the community, General Herman Swift, who had served in the Revolutionary War under George Washington. 
1804, his wife, Sarah Fay, was struck by lightning while standing on the front porch of their home. She was killed instantly. Herman went insane after her death and died a short time later. Few of the families in town were spared the heartache of untimely deaths, illnesses, and mental disorders, giving rise to the stories that followed. Shortly after the Civil War, Dudley Town began to die, and many of the villagers simply packed up and moved away. The demise of the town had always been inevitable. Surrounded by the hills and at an elevation of over 1,500 feet, crops wouldn't grow. The winters were harsh and even hardy apple trees were often stunted from months of cold. The soil was rocky and the area was saturated with swampy water. The land itself conspired against Dudley Town. Many would say that misfortune and coincidence both had a hand in creating the stories of the curse. But once those stories got started, it was hard to ignore them. No new families moved in and the population dwindled to just one family that of an Irishman named John Patrick Brophy. He came to the deserted community to raise sheep in 1901. But tragedy came quickly to the Brophys. It began with the sheep. They simply vanished into the forest one day and no matter how hard he looked for them, there was no sign. They'd vanished without a trace. Next, his wife died from consumption, leaving him with two sons to raise on his own, although not for long. Like the sheep, the boys vanished into the forest soon after their mother's funeral. Soon after that, his house caught fire one night and burned to the ground. Brophy was left helpless and alone, and then he too vanished into the woods and was never seen again. By the early 1900s, Dudley Town was completely abandoned. The remaining homes began to fall into disrepair and ruin, and soon the forest began to reclaim the village that had been carved out from it. Everyone who lived in the region assumed this was the end of Dudley Town, but there was one more tragedy left in its history. In 1918, Dr. William Clark came to Cornwall and fell in love with the forest and the quiet country life. Clark had been born in 1877 and grew up on a farm in Tenafly, New Jersey. He later became a professor of surgery and taught at Columbia's College of Physicians and Surgeons and earned a reputation as the leading cancer specialist in New York. He purchased 1,000 acres of land in the wilds of Connecticut, which included Dudley Town, and built a sturdy vacation home from hemlock trees that he cut himself. He and his wife, Harriet Bank Clark, used the house during the summers and on weekends and holidays for several years, enjoying an idyllic life in the woods. Then one summer weekend, Dr. Clark was called back to New York for an emergency. His wife stayed behind, which would turn out to be a terrible mistake. When Dr. Clark returned to the summer house 36 hours later, he discovered that Harriet had gone insane during his absence, completely and totally mad. She told him that strange creatures had come out of the woods and tried to attack her. She committed suicide a short time later leaving Dr. Clark shattered and frightened. Were these monsters the same ones seen by William Tanner before his death, or were they merely a symptom of Harriet's mental illness? We'll never know for sure, so I'll leave that up to you to decide. Although grieving his wife, Dr. Clark decided to keep the house in Dudley Town, and he frequently came back to visit, although never alone. 
Years later, he married again, and he and his wife, Clarita, stayed at the summer house until a larger place was completed nearby. He didn't want to live in the house where his wife had gone insane, and he didn't want anyone else living in Dudley Town either. The Clarks, along with other doctors, landowners, and friends, created a forest preserve around Dudley Town so that it would always remain wild and so that no other homes could ever be built there. The Clarks passed away in the 1940s, but the preserve remains in a trust that is still active today. And it's still dedicated to keeping people away from Dudley Town. For years, the preserve was open to hikers and tourists who began telling spooky stories about ghosts and other things in the woods. Visitors who walked to the ruins of the old village came back with stories of voices, sounds, and wispy apparitions. Others spoke of overwhelming feelings of terror, mysterious lights, and sensations of being touched, pushed, and scratched by unseen hands. Locals maintain this is nothing more than wild imaginations at work, although years ago some were quoted as saying, quote, strangers, not local people, go up there and poke around. The locals know better. Even so, they've been trying to convince people there is no curse on Dudley Town. There are plenty of practical reasons why the community died that have nothing to do with the curse. And I'd agree. It was a terrible place to farm, the demand for charcoal dropped, and it was too isolated of a place. But what about the other things? Those deaths, the suicides, the disappearances, and the cases of insanity. What if Dudley Town isn't cursed, but tainted in some way? Maybe the land here became spoiled, or perhaps it was sour all along. Maybe there's something here below the earth that doesn't want to be bothered by man. Unfortunately, you won't be able to find out for yourself. Visiting Dudley Town today can be dangerous, and not because of the curse or the strange creatures in the woods. In 1999, the group that runs the preserve decided to permanently close it to visitors. No one is allowed to go up the mountain today and trespassers are prosecuted. I don't advise tempting fate or the authorities for a few thrills. I was lucky enough to visit Dudley Town several years before it was closed to the public for good. And while I experienced nothing there to convince me it was infested with ghosts, I can tell you it's an eerie place. It wasn't the isolation of the place that unnerved me though. It was the gloominess of it. The hills and mountains that prevented farmers from growing crops in the community are the same hills and mountains that keep the area in an almost perpetual state of dusk today. This is an unsettling place. Even if you disregard the weird stories that have been told about it, something that's pretty hard to do when you're actually there. Oh, and one last thing. I promised to tell you what happened with my acquaintance who wanted me to bring back a rock from Dudley Town. Well, I did what he asked digging a stone out of one of the abandoned foundations left in the village. When I gave it to him, he assured me that it would be added to the construction of the circle, which he said was almost finished. Once completed, he believed you never know what doorways might be opened. Well, I never heard how it all turned out. About two years after I returned from Dudley Town, my acquaintance dropped out of sight and was never heard from again. No one who knew him had any idea what had happened to him. I called, I emailed, but he was just gone. So that's the end of the story of Dudley Town, but it's not the end of cursed communities in America. I have one more story to tell you in two weeks. 
about a town in America's heartland that was nearly decimated by a strange series of events between 1890 and 1910 that turned a once pleasant and thriving small town into a place of death, horror, and strangeness. Buckle up, that one's gonna be a doozy. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny. That's 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 American Hawks podcast right there. It's not good, but it's funny. Right. Uh, all right, you ready to rock sure. and roll? Yes. Yes. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the American Hauntings Podcast, the show where we discuss history, hauntings, legends, lore, and the dark side of American history. We are now in season six of the podcast. Woods and fields, dark and wicked. Is that better? Thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. I'm your co-host, Cody Beck. I would like to dedicate this episode to the memory of my father, Brad Beck. I'll see you on the other side, Pops. And with me is my co-host, author, historian, crime buff, the founder of American Hauntings, Troy Taylor. Ah, you've already heard from yeah. Yes. You just chimed in. I did. You did. Yeah. You you did you didn't meet my dad, did no, you? No, I don't because think so. when you and I became friends, he was already kind of on sick. the decline. Yeah. 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 Well, actually, you know what? It was like right when um, we admitted something was yes, going on. Or? Yes, it was when you had to take uh Ricky to the soccer thing. Oh no, it was Nathan. Oh, right? Nathan to the to soccer the so- thing yeah, yeah. because your dad couldn't take it. Right. Him. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so for, that, yeah. And that was pretty early on. Yeah, so, so we knew the, something was wrong. For then. those of you who don't know, yeah. yeah, my father passed away from complications due to Alzheimer's, and um, yeah, he, Troy, I think you would have liked him. He oh, was a, I, he was a funny I'm sure. Guy. Yeah. He, uh, he used to tell me, uh, "Son, I've killed more brain cells than you've ever had." And that was his <laughs> yeah, famous yeah. line. I took it as both an insult and a challenge. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and yeah, I went from there. Yeah. But um, he he. He finally found peace. Yeah. And um, yeah, I don't I, I um, I'd never seen anybody die before. Oh, yeah. You know? So you were there? I was there. Oh, I didn't realize that. Have you ever seen anybody die? Yeah. But not not like people I knew. But sure. I've seen it happen. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's a weird it is kind weird. of feeling. Yeah. It was it was peaceful. You know, well, everything that's good. was happy. I, yeah. And but I it think, was very weird to well, see and I think clocks he's, ticking. Isn't that? I think he'll be. I, I definitely think it was. I don't want to say for the best, but I oh, know he wasn't yeah. happy. Dude, you know, he I mean, was I know how on bad morphine it had been. in a I bed. Yeah, I know it how it time. been recently. So it was it was time. Yeah. And and we were all there. We had all set our peace. And sure. We did everything we could, and he'd done everything he wanted to do. Right. Um, he also used to say though, he said, if I ever get sick, he said in the winter, he said I'm gonna walk away. I'm into the middle of the woods. I'm gonna find a tree, sit down. You do do not come look for me until the spring. I know. Well, we had the same conversation. You and I had that conversation. I'm like, if that is the way to go. I, I was scared he yeah. was going to do it. Yeah, I would. Yeah. But I also, I was kind of like, like, should we let him do it? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a, like the, a badass way to go. It's fuck like yeah, the it you is. Know, Native Americans thing, you know? Yes. The, the old folks just wander off into the woods so they're not a bother anymore. I know. So, I think, honestly, he probably would he have. He probably would have if, he, if it had not been for the dimension. Well, had know? not the windows been so secure. Oh, uh, well, that too. <laughs> yeah, good point. He was at. Good point. Um, but yeah, anyway, love you, Dad. Um, you never listen to the podcast, but still love you. <laughs> 
Um, okay. Uh, we well, we have some upcoming events. Uh, you want to talk about what's going on? We haven't well, seen each other for a little no, while. No. Yeah. Th- this this week. Um, this everybody will hear this on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On Friday, uh, the new Hell Hath No Fury book comes out, book two. Ah. Okay. Uh, which is I, I keep I've describing it. I keep describing it as. Uh, grittier and nastier than the first one. <laughs> it's I, just I, women are still pissed off. Yeah, it is. And this one is is much meaner than the first one. Okay, the first I, one I, is kind of, I mean, yes, there's a lot of murders in the first one, but things are much grislier in this can one. Can I ask you so, a question? Yes. Are you strangely attracted to any of these women? Oh, uh, that's why. What do you think I wrote this book? <laughs> okay, all right. I just, yeah. want, okay, I, okay, I just want to make sure I wasn't the only one. <laughs> okay, good. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, I really do, uh, I really do enjoy this series, and I have, I mean, this is honestly, this is a series that could go on forever. Is it like I, a revenge tale, just told over and over, I, or is it know, different? No, than that? I mean, it just it varies. I mean, because some of them are revenge, some of them are bad husbands or boyfriends some of them are just straight evil man <laughs> okay I mean, some of them are just evil guys who a didn't do anything of, wrong yeah there's a couple that are just you know manipulating other people into committing murders for them or you know mm. or there's one who you know claimed that her boyfriend had killed her lover it's confusing uh, but then <laughs> yeah. when you analyze the crime, which no one could do in 1897 sure. when it occurred, but when you, they, it, you now analyze the crime, you realize the only way that he could have died is if the woman that he had been with was on top of him. Uh, and so, but nobody thought of that in 1897. There were no forensics. So, sure. Women um, so don't get on top. Yeah, it's an interesting, <laughs> you know... Um, so yeah, it's it, this. This is this is definitely my favorite of the two, mm-hmm. and I like the first one, but I really like this one. So, Where can people find it? Um, it, you can just go to AmericanHauntings.net. Everything's on there, and the new issue of The Morbid Curious comes out on Friday. Also, I saw. Yeah, I saw yeah, your issue post five today. is issue five is out. Uh, will be out on Friday, and uh, I I really enjoyed this one. I, um, it, I guess maybe because Hell Hath No Fury was so dark, mm-hmm. I went a little the other way with this one. Um, instead of making it the Walpurgis knocked issue, I made it the Beltane issue for May 1st. Instead of the Night of Evil, Can I made it Can you explain that to us? Well, on, on April 30th is the night. It's like the most sinister night of the year. You know, it's right before uh, the beginning of spring. Beltane is the, the, uh, was the pagan, you know, beginning of the the summer kind of is this thing. like a it's like a lunar kind of yeah thing, it's, it's just a seasonal thing I okay mean, that's when the the spring into summer celebrations are May so 1st. this is wanting to get naked go in the woods yes yes okay. right right that's right. the maypole um you know are you familiar with the maypole no no kids used to dance around the maypole with the big ribbon on may 1st okay i've seen people okay. doing that but i don't know okay I, so I movies, just now picture the maypole is not a pole do you see what I'm saying? I do. Okay. Yes. And so it's a some midsummer kind it's of. It's a yes. Things? It's a season of celebration and fertility. So right. Yeah. So anyway. Let's, um, okay. So Everybody's but it, but it's still it. got plenty of murders and the usual stuff in it. But right. I did a, a I did a I I did the articles that I did for and we had a we had a lot of different people this time. Mm-hmm. I had so much material. I for the first time you turned so people material, down. I had to put them off until. A later issue, right? That's a good problem um, to have. It is, it is. And um, in this particular case, I did a, I did one on a on a real weird series of murders, but I also did one on haunted lakes, like summertime, like you could canoe. Jason and, Voorhees, yeah. Kind I of mean, that, that, well, kind of that kind of thing. Yeah, murders and ghost stories attached to lakes. I did one of those, but I also did a, a story 
uh, about a, um, it's, it's kind of hard to even explain, but it's about a, a, a spirit baby. These people had a magical baby. Don't like it. Already. They had a baby that died, and um, this psychic brought the baby back to life. Yep, don't like this. And, um, well, I mean, obviously it was a con, but it's a great story. And I, I just, I, I ran across this story, in, you know, in my various newspapers yeah, yeah, searching, yeah. and I ran across this spirit baby, and I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I got really excited about the story. So anyway, it ended up in this issue, and it, it was, um, it was a lot of fun to write. So anyway, that comes out on, on, on Friday also. I'm, and, I'm so you know. curious about, like, I know we've talked about it ad nauseum, but I'm very curious about your research methods and like the way you go about finding things now, especially like almost um, graduating or evolving from looking at old newspapers on uh, that fish. Microfish. Microfish. Oh God. And, oh. and then having Google and stuff. But like, mm. I'm always so curious about how you go about filtering through all that bullshit and how, and how you find all this stuff. And is it just like well, happenstance know, people no, upload well, it? Sometimes, sometimes, it's, sometimes you'll run across just a mention in something. Like I just found out that there were, in 1907, these Ripper murders in New York where they, somebody was killing little kids, which is awful, I know, but so I was immediately fascinated. So <laughs> yes. um, I started yes, to... Not, it's uh, not yeah, good. We don't support to, that. Yeah, I started getting uh, digging up all the newspaper articles because I'd just never heard of it before. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like I should have, and I hadn't. So you just never know what you're going to find. I think Jack um, Jr. I mean, that whole, that whole One Dark Night book came because uh, I ran across... I mean, there were a couple of things I ran across by accident. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my God, why has no one ever written about this? Like the, the Phantom Stabber. When, the so, guy that was stabbing the women. I remember he would like sneak up in a crowd and went, and they would like stick them with a no, so really I, small blade in the boob. No, so I, yeah. oh, okay, first yeah. off, I bought the book. I didn't read the book yet. <laughs> um, it's, on, it's on my stack okay. of things. But w when did you find that kind of transition where you went from microfish things to like, oh shit, the internet's a well, thing. Like, um, how did that happen? Newspapers.com. Oh, okay. What, you know, what so, year was this? Like the nineties? Um, no. Oh no. Um, it was around, it was around longer, but it wasn't very useful mm -hmm. until probably, uh, mid to late 2000. No shit. Yeah, okay. Like that, okay. I mean, that, that recent, honestly. Yeah. So when before, I graduated before, high school, when it yeah. started to become useful. Because okay. before it was there, but not a lot of newspapers Couldn't search were on it, it. so much? Okay. Well, you could search it, but the searches weren't very good. They've improved that tremendously. It, it's very... It yeah, is it's for, much for you, easier to use now than it used to be. For you tech people, it's very hard to search a document for words yeah. within the... It's like searching right. a PDF, right? right. Like it you, is. It's, it, it, that's exactly what they it's are. It's basically like uploading a, an image, but then they have, technology has come around right. to search They've just digitized newspapers, yeah. and now as the technology improves, it gets easier and easier to do it. Is that why you write more and more books? I, I probably, well, it's it's a reason that I'm able to find a lot more um, obscure things that I didn't used to be able to find because there weren't any records. But sure. once you can start getting into the newspapers a lot deeper, yeah. um, you know, it has opened up. I mean, I, I literally created an entire book yeah. using nothing but newspaper research and then going from there, do you know, you and get, finding other stuff. Do you but get that's a good start. Do you get distracted on the internet then, like oh, going God. down rabbit holes oh, God. and stuff that I, um, end up nowhere? Yeah, I was working on uh, that Cabinet of Curiosities 4 book about haunted hotels. Yeah, yeah. And I had wanted to write something about the Congress Hotel in Chicago. And there's there's very little material out there in book in other books and on even online most of the material is the same stuff and so people just keep using the same things over and over again right and i'm like well 
why, why would I not go back to a better source? So I ended up going back to the newspapers and honestly, I spent on just one story, I probably spent three weeks every single day, all day long, going through the newspaper and finding more and more and more stories about the Congress Hotel and hmm. the people that had died there, the suicides, the murders. I mean, it's like, you know, and, and the, the building had been there for like a hundred years. Yeah. And there had been like a couple of hundred deaths in it's the like building. A 14, 08, Gee, I wonder why it's haunted, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, that's, it's uh, but the, yeah, that was a rabbit hole. It really was. I, I went down a big rabbit hole on what, that. What book do you think took you the most research before you finally put it out or revision of putting it out? Um, hmm. Out of the hundred fifty That's a books good question. Um, Thank you, that's why I'm here. No, I know, right? Um, I don't know, you know, probably, well, the length of time I spent researching it. Had to be the devil came to St. Louis. I mean, well, I've sure. literally redone that book a multitude of times because, well, not a multitude, a few well, times, yeah, but two, three. you know, but several times because new material became available or I could finally use some of the material that I had. So that's probably I spent the most time on lengthwise. Otherwise, other than that, as far as just the research going into it before I even started writing. Honestly, one dark night because yeah. I, it was so much, I was having so much fun writing it. I didn't want to finish it you because get, you get like I do. And I really did with that book because it was just so bizarre. Yeah. You know, I was just finding the weirdest shit. And it's like, and, and, and it's like, and I think, well, maybe somebody else wrote about this. And then I go do a search. No one, yeah. you know, and it's like, because no one had ever, I mean, it's just like the whole thing that the mad gasser of Mattoon you know, for years, I, every book, I mean, that's not a new story. I mean, that's a story that other people have written about, including myself. But every time you would look at it, you, every story is exactly the same mm -hmm. because it's just somebody using like Lauren Coleman's research from the early 70s. And they're just doing it and they just repeat the same things over and over again. And my whole life, I had seen this story and everyone called this woman um, at the beginning, kind of an early on in the story. Uh, her husband was a cab driver named Bert Kearney. And so in every book, it says Mrs. Bert Kearney. And I started working on this. I'm like, I know this poor woman has a goddamn name. Yep. And it took me all of five minutes to find out what her name was, that yep. it was Aileen. I, it was, took me no time at all. And it's like, no one had just ever done the research. And you know? I, and I do that too. When I go through our outlines, like regard, so basically when I go through the outlines, I'm writing everything down, not knowing what's going to be important, what's not. But when you mention someone's name, like whether it's a wife or a kids or anything like that, I always write down their name because I'm like, I don't want to just, I don't know yeah, if it's going to be sure. important, but I don't want to be like, oh, the wife of. Well, blah, one blah, thing blah. I've noticed too is I find that a lot of times they will, like in local newspaper articles, it will mention like, a, let's say a, there was, well, like in our, um, in our, Patreon series that we just started, The mm -hmm. Moonlight Murder. Yeah, it's dope. Um, it's, that, it's dope. Yeah, the, um, we found a, uh, I mean, they're, they're, local doctors, they'll just say the doctor's name, his last name, Dr. Smith. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I don't, I need to put his whole name in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I need a little so bit more. So I go in, I end up going back to like county records uh, and find okay. who that doctor was. Or a lot of times they'll put, you know, Mayor Oswald. And they're like, okay, so then as was the mayor of Houston, Texas at the time. That's easy. You can plug that in and go mayor of Houston, Texas, right. it's public 1892. Record. And there it is, you know, Joe yeah. Oswald, you know, or whatever. So is it just so, laziness on the part of other I don't know. I, well, I think with the, I think with the newspaper stuff is 
they're local, so Save people know who we is. Sure, I mean, so okay. there's no need to put all that. But and I do think that there is a lot of you know there has been a lot of laziness over the years, and that's in every field. I mean, sure. it's in every speed kind of book. is important. Yeah, so, yeah, and and a lot of times it's just a case of where you know people don't know where to look, and there weren't places to look. Yep. I mean, if you're talking about 25 years ago, where are you going to look? Right. I, mean, I guess you could drive to Houston, Texas, and go through the files there, and like you know, you, you've done, which I have done <laughs> in the past. Done. Yeah, I have done that, but. And, and now you don't have to do that, which is great. Um, but it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's, there's a whole new world open with this stuff. All right, Aladdin. Um, have <laughs> I wasn't singing it, so. A whole new world. Have, have, there been, have there been any stories or anything like that that um, I know you like, you dive in and you get into the research and you get into all the stuff. Um, have there been any stories, especially of late, that, for lack of a better word, have haunted you you know what um, I mean? like i dream about this shit yeah i have nightmares I, about um, stuff. you know i had a i've had a really when i did that um suffer the children book about all the murdered oh, kids that was rough God. but i and i know that when i did it for the podcast how much it bothered you but the marion parker story is awful it's and that one that one always got to me that one in the grime sisters. i don't remember the last time i cried except for yeah that. the the grime sisters and marion parker those are the ones that have bothered me um i mean yeah. they really they they really get to you. you my know? my father just died, and the last time I cried was that Marion Parker. I know story. it did. I know that really Dude, that really got to rough. you. It's brutal. It was brutal. It's, it's a brutal rough. story. I can't even yeah. make jokes about it. Yeah, no, there's, there's no jokes know. to be had. <laughs> That's when no. you know. I know. Ugh. I know. And you get into all the details and how twisted. You know. I know. Oh God. Um. Okay, well, moving on. Well, moving on. Uh, yeah, we do, and I just mentioned it briefly, but um, if you guys haven't heard the first episode of our alternate podcast on Patreon, uh, go get signed up for Patreon it's, so that you can listen to it. I'm glad you dope. like it. It's dope, yeah. It's, it was I a lot it. of fun. It. it was a lot of fun to put that together, and uh, I didn't work on anything else until I had written all 10 episodes. <laughs> okay. I'm all serious. Right, I wrote 10 episodes, and that's all I did. They're all done. They're all finished. Well, I made I made four like graphics yeah. for them, but I didn't yeah. know where it was going. So yeah. I was kind of yeah. like, okay. So right, right, right. So, um, but yeah, we'll have another one up. Not not on the nineteenth, the twenty sixth, April twenty sixth. They'll yep. be the next one, and um, it's part two of the story. And so it's not too late to. Well, it's it's never too late. You can no. get in on them. As soon as you sign in, you get yeah, everything. you get access to all of them. But um, yeah, I, I I've had a really good time with this. And I'm glad that you're liking it. So yeah. we're having fun with it. And I think you're having fun with it too, because it's we've never right attempted word. a podcast uh, with like Within sound effects podcast. and stuff, <laughs> oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future we start hearing them on the main line too, mm -hmm. because we're ha we are having fun with yeah. it. I, it's fun for me to try to figure out what I, we should put in. And then you're like, I know you're having fun finding them. I know you are because you were you were telling me we were talking. Yeah, and I knew you were having fun. Well, with I it. told you it's like it as far as finding. So all of our music done this season is from Packy Lund Home, and that's yeah. that's great. But as far as finding music before that, it was trying to find things that were uh, royalty free and that we could use. Right. 
and the difference between songs and sound effects that oh, are royalty free so is is, is vastly everywhere. different because yeah. people they put these sound effects out there and they're like, dude, okay, so this is a wagon <laughs> wheel, but we used we we made it using like a peanut shell <laughs> yeah. and like and, and like they're so proud right, like and right. they, they also say like, hey, if you want another sound effect, like let us know, yeah, we'll right. make it. Yeah, it's, it's like funny. a it's like an art form to them, yeah, you know, and, and yeah. so that's been so much fun. Yeah, that's um, pretty cool. And yeah, I just I'm excited to see what what comes about after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about some listener reviews. Okay. Um, as of late, this sure. one is from T.J. Kendall. It's titled "A Great Mix of History, True Crime, and Supernatural." If you were looking for a podcast that mixes history with the supernatural and then throw in some true crime, you have arrived. Troy takes you into the stories through a historical lens and sprinkles in the lore that remains. Yes, you will get ghost stories. You will get the horror events. Uh, mostly you'll get the opportunity to be transported to events and then uh, have shaped the lives of communities, good or bad. There is plenty of content that will have you exploring and being entertained. Cheers to you, Troy and wow, Cody. Nice. Yeah, that's super nice. nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, cool. Um, awesome. Okay, well, are you ready to dive yeah, into this sure, weird-ass episode? Yeah, it is weird. It is a weird episode. Yeah, so let's go to Connecticut. Yeah, the which we don't do we very go. often. No, yeah, let's yeah. go. Yeah, and people don't realize, I mean, when I first heard the story, I, had, I just assumed Connecticut was all like, you know, I don't know, bedroom community of New York kind of thing, and I just figured it was all suburbs. Right. I had no it's idea not, there was like a wild wilderness out no, in the western no, part even, of No, even so. when I lived in Manhattan, I realized, like, you tell people you live in New York. Jersey, dude, too, is dude, the same way. People dude, don't New, even realize New that. York is a oh, huge yes. state. Yes, and once you get away from farms. the city and, and even, and you got Albany and Troy. And, yeah. But other than that, it's a wild-ass place, yes, too. absolutely. So, yeah. so, Connecticut. So, one of America's most famous cursed villages is called Dudleytown. Today, only cellar holes and crumbling rock foundations are there. Lots of spooky stories have come out of this place. So we flash back to 1738. The land is originally owned by Thomas Griffiths, mm -hmm. located on a hilly plateau surrounded by mountains. It was called Owlsbury because of... <laughs> Lots of owls. Wait, because, because of, of who? Because of oh, who? oh, God, that's painful. I was going to try to fuck with you oh, for a little bit. Oh, no, that's so painful. <laughs> okay. Uh, so the Dudleys, damn it, the Dudleys, <laughs> Dudleys arrive in uh, 1747. ABL? Um, ABL. ABL? Biblical name. Because I'm like, who would name their kids ABL and Barzillai? Well, and then I'm like, oh, they came mm, out of the Bible. Talk to my step family. Oh, um, did you? Uh, veterans Obidja. of. Veterans of Man. the French and Indian War, later joined by Gideon Martin and um, Obija. Obija. Yeah, straight out yeah. of Star Wars. Yeah, um, except it's not. It's mm -hmm. out of the Bible. <laughs> the Dudleys are known as... It's not Obi-Wan's brother, so... <laughs> well, we don't know yet. Well, okay. J.J. <laughs> Abrams has a, a <laughs> universe to create. That's true. Um, the Dudleys are known as men who brought a curse to the small town. The curse followed from England, possibly from Edmund Dunley being beheaded for plotting to overthrow <laughs> uh, King Henry Seventh. Uh, no. Seventh? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sorry. And eighth is the one that killed all his wives. That, that his wives. Okay. This, this was the one before him. So this seventh was a nice guy? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. This section I've labeled the Dudley's bad luck. Ed, Edmund's <laughs> yeah. son, John, planned to overthrow King Henry VI. Right. That did not No, work. Edward. Edward VI. Oh, Edward. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. So I'm that's sorry. the next further on down the line here. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, I apologize to all of our UK <laughs> listeners. Um, listen, this shit didn't work, and it didn't, it, it, everyone loses their heads about it. Yeah. Is how I. Yeah, <laughs> there you it. go. Um, another son returns from war, brings a plague with him. <laughs> John Dudley's third son, Robert, leaves he pieces out for America. Yeah, yeah. His descendants eventually settle uh, settle Dudley Dudley Town. Do we have any listeners from Cody, Wyoming? Is what I. Oh my God! Know. What is with you in this thing? Because I'm thinking, you go to a place, you name it after yourself. You don't like Troy. <laughs> Well, Missouri or Illinois or whatever it is. I'm not even saying that. I, I, I'm not saying no, I No, we've said like this on them, earlier I episodes. I know, but it's I wanna, not named after me. But do we have any listeners in Cody, Wyoming is what I want to know. Okay. Anyway, the woods around there you are named. You do know that is that William F. Cody, that's his last name, not his first name. You know this, I right? don't give an effing F. I know, but that's who the town's named after. That's great. Troy, also, <laughs> did I tell you I have a goldfish? I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about shit that doesn't matter. Well, anyway. I know. Well, you're the one asking if there's anybody that listens to, or that are from Cody, Wyoming, so. The woods around there okay. are named uh, Dark Entry Forest. Yeah, which is right out of the Brothers Ground. Dude, hell yeah. I, know, I, I right? love it. It's mostly made up of farmers, which is difficult because of the shadows. See, there isn't rocks. anything about this town that is even remotely appealing. Yeah, so like, I mean, it is, how does it is, that get it is, started? That's a good question. Somebody walks far enough away and they're like, fuck it, okay. Yeah, you go. know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of that movie, The Village. Dude, well, okay. So the whole I put, thing, I've put always wondered if that isn't, this, this, this wasn't an inspiration. I put that. The Village, I put After Midnight. try to find that out. I you put know. the village, I put oh, after yeah, minute, I put yeah. a couple things here where, where it's like monsters why, in the woods, monsters yeah. in the, I mean, especially the way you kind of describe them. Then And also, I think a lot of things, like a lot of them are started by like fugitives kind of running and there's like, okay, we're going to stop yeah, That could here. be too, but this wasn't, I mean, these were guys, farmers who went to a place that is unfarmable. I don't think that's a word, but let's pretend no, it, that it, it is. It is now. It's, it is now. But I mean, this is not a place that you want to You want to farm. I mean, the... The New England's always had a problem with all the rocks anyway, sure. you know, in the soil. But this place is like, and there's no, there's very little sun. It's swampy. It's a mess. I mean, if it wasn't for the, the charcoal, well, because of all the wood in the forest. So the, yeah. So they started making charcoal. And listen, that is not, I don't know if you know anything about, I, I'm going to guess you don't know anything about making charcoal. Wow. Because, no, well. No, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Of course not. So <laughs> I just didn't like I know, I'm just the insinuation. So you, well, but you cut, I didn't either. I didn't well, know it's, anything it's about it either. wood, right? Yeah, but you have to, um, you got to cut down the wood, you dig a big pit. And it takes like two weeks to turn it into charcoal, and you have to keep it burning that whole time. So you like burn wood, like you pre-burn. It's a certain wood, kind so of. It's a certain wood. kind of wood, like hardwoods that you use, and uh -huh. that's what they had a lot of around there. And but, so then it turns into cinder. I mean, just black cinders right. of wood, and that's then you use that charcoal to fire up these iron furnaces. But they also had like an iron deposit somewhere nearby? Well, yeah, or? that was nearby. And so they needed, they needed it for the iron ore furnaces. Oh, so they okay, were taking okay. the, they were taking the stuff out of the ground and then they were using it to smelter iron, but they needed the charcoal Got it. to heat the, to heat the furnaces. Okay. So Dudley eventually starts to dry up and there are strange death, uh, death, bizarre disappearances. And then people going insane. You said, even if you don't believe in curses, we still have a lot of explaining to do about what yeah. we, what went down at Dudley town. So pretty much like, uh, obviously death, um, disease, all that sort of stuff is going to be common among these early settlements. But at this rate, it was, 
very, very accelerated. And then the insanity, I guess, would also be like a little bit too much to be Yeah, for, for right? a place that's that small, yeah. I mean, to me, I mean, that's, that's my opinion. Sure. Um, it, to me, it's my opinion is is that it's awfully it's an awfully small and and sparsely populated area. Yeah. For the number, okay, we can we can even leave out the deaths. Okay, let's leave out the deaths. Mm -hmm. People die. Um, you could even leave out the disappearances, although there were a lot of them. But let's just say that you know people wandered off, people left. It's a shitty place. Why would you want to live there? You might just pack up one day and go away. Nobody yeah, yeah. ever see you. Um, or, you know, you got lost in the woods or whatever, right? Because it's a pretty isolated area. It's the, it's the cases of, and I know that they had different, different definitions of insanity back then than they do now, but the, we're not talking about, you know, women who won't listen to their husbands and they call them insane. Right. I mean, that's what they used to do. These are like men that just lose their shit one day, you know, or, you know, a woman who starts, you know, later telling her husband and she's not nuts. I mean, she's completely stable. Her doc, her husband's a really famous doctor from New York. And she starts telling him about monsters coming out of the woods and commits suicide. Right. That's, that's weird, you know? So, okay. So I hear about a lot of stories like this from the Pacific Northwest, you know, and, okay. and, and you think about, um, people talking about maybe it's like, uh, weird vibrations or sounds or something coming from the woods or things like that, or, you know, frequency kind of things, but I've never really, well, I haven't looked at it, but I've never really heard about this stuff happening on the East Coast. So I'm very curious about, like, you know, before we really, really dive into this stuff, like, what what are your theories about what might have caused people to lose their shit? I don't, I, you know, um, people who live there in the area think it's just overblown, you know, but I mean, that's what they're going to say because they don't want tourists and people hanging around, but they sure have gone to an awful lot of trouble to make sure that no one can get in there. So there had to have been somewhere along the line that believed the story. I mean, I've ran across some old newspaper articles where they, you know, reporters were still talking about Dudley Town, and we're talking about like 1940s. And, you know, the locals would say, well, you know, we don't go there, just the tourists do. You know, it's like Fast Eddie's. Yeah. You know, we don't <laughs> yeah. go there, um, but the, the only tourists do uh, because we know better is the implication there. Um, I don't know, really. Uh, it's just, it's such a, it's such an odd story to have gotten started and to have kept going for, you know, 125, 130 years now before the, when the place was finally gone, you yep. know, um, it, it's, it's been an awfully long time for this story to have kept being told if there was nothing to it at all. Right. And so only ABL and the OG Dudleys stayed. Uh, the rest pieced out, lived long lives or whatever. So was it the Dudleys or was it the land that well, was they, cursed? Well, you know, and here's here's the other thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't I didn't get real deep into that because it's it's because really complicated, but there have been some disputes on whether the Dud these Dudleys were the same Dudleys that were involved in those uh, events okay. in England. So nobody knows for sure. Um, there's been argument back and forth and, and there's nothing to say for a fact either way. Right. So it may not have had anything to do with the Dudleys, but, right. it, okay. but it's easy. You got to, when, when you have a curse, you got to blame it on something. Right. So why not? See, that's where I, I kind of, you know, in the, in, in my part of my monologue there, I was talking about how, you know, maybe it wasn't anything that came to the town. Maybe it was already there. Right. I mean, you know, we are, we are edging up in the Stephen King 
area there, you know, and, you know, he's often talked about, you know, the ground being, you know, being tainted or, you know, right. or something. So, you know, um, so I don't know. I, you know, and I think there are places like that. I mean, I think there are places that are just bad for whatever reason. And mm -hmm. I think that, I think a lot of things combine to give this place its reputation. Right. You know, and from the shadows, the woods, the, you know, the, the unfarmable land, you know, the, the fact that, that it was a somewhat thriving town and everybody just left, you know, eventually they just all, dis I mean, it didn't disappear, but they just left the Beast area. Out. Yeah. And so then you, you throw in a few stories about, you know, true stories about people, you know, going insane or a woman standing on her front porch getting struck by lightning or, you know, the, the, the kids that disappeared in the woods, the woman that died. I mean, it's just, there's a lot, it's a lot for such a small area. Sure. That's, that's the big thing. And, and maybe you can, you know, just say, oh, it's all, it's just a coincidence. It's all just natural forces, natural things that happen. But again, it's a lot for yep. one very small area. Well, let's talk about some of the things that happen in that small area. You said ABO lost his entire fortune and his sanity and died at 90. What is ward of the community? Um, he couldn't take care of himself anymore. So the, the, the it, it was welfare for in the seventeen you know, the 1700s. Uh, okay. So he just became like a, um, you know, people in the community, the, the city, the, the community, they sold, they sold his house. They took, used the money to dole it out to him to make sure that he had food and was okay, taken care okay, of. Okay, all right. right. So, um, and then, okay, what age do you want to die again? I feel like yeah. you, you have a specific. Well, 115. 115? Mm-hmm. 115? what I'm shooting for, yeah. 115 uh -huh. years old. Yeah, that's what I'm shooting for. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll never make it, but I'm shooting for it. Okay, so. okay, okay. I figured once I made it past 30 without dying, in some horrible, tragic way uh -huh. that I had a better shot, so. Sure, yeah, okay, okay, all right, 1792. Um, seven years before Abiel's death, um, the first untimely death starts, kind of starts all of this. So Gershon Hollister, uh, I don't know if it's affiliated with the Hollister jeans that I wear all the time, but um, he fell to his death while building a barn at William Tanner's. Uh, Tanner also became insane and died after telling people about the strange yeah. creatures that He's came out the of the woods. He's the one who started the stories house. about the monsters in the woods. Yeah, okay, so... But then, you know, then yeah. it would get repeated by people who didn't know him and people who didn't know there was a story. Well, okay, so yeah, yeah. so, I mean, what do you think? Is, is it an after midnight kind of thing where it's like... Don't He's know. not crazy, or I mean, what do you think? I I, I don't I I really Troy, I need I, an I, answer. I know, but I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, I I'm not I I'm I'm not I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it just seems like you know um, that it's something there affects your mental stability. Maybe sure. you know uh, again if it's a if it's a weird spot, a bad spot, a magnetic spot, who knows? I mean, there yeah. are places where you know the ancient people built you know monuments all over the place to mark spots you right. know if you go all over england you'll find things that were put in places to mark them so Troy, maybe Troy, that's that what aliens. this is that was so, okay well but maybe that's what was going on at this place i don't know i really don't um you know my my friend who asked me to get the rock yes you know, believe that that it was like a power spot so that we it don't... was like a portal to you know kind of thing where there was and things that things that would bleed in and out it, you know a, a multiverse slash 
you know, alternate dimension. I understand the so, logic behind it, but yeah. you don't know where this person is. I don't have any idea what happened to him. That's a true story. That's a completely true story. Is he in jail? Not that I'm aware of. He was not well, not that kind of guy. Did he know too he much? He was very, I don't know, man, but he was a very, um, you know, just an average guy, very, um, very um, intense, uh-huh. very, uh, very focused on you know, unusual things. Yeah. He's one of those people that could talk to you for hours and you would, you're done and you have no idea what he was talking about. Right. You're talking about everything from, you know, I mean, this was back in the days when Skinwalker Ranch was just yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. a thing. Uh-huh. And this was back before anybody had ever heard of it. This dude knew all about it. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, had this guy's VHS a lunatic. Tips. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, that's why I said acquaintance because I, felt like sure. he probably needed to be locked yeah. up somewhere but and maybe that's what happened to him but but honestly uh i don't know whatever happened to him i i tried to get a hold of him because i you know was curious yeah you yeah. know nothing i have a rock from a fairy ring in yeah. dublin mm-hmm. um so people that don't know basically in in ireland there were these these things they call fairy rings but they were pretty much like the foundations of yeah. Yeah, yeah. houses and, and establishments sure. and all that stuff and um it was kind of whittled down to to the foundation pretty much right. there were just rocks around and um they were like hey don't take any rocks from this because you <laughs> might be like you know cursed or whatever and i was like dude i'm 100 gonna take a rock from this because like i want to know um so i took a rock and yeah everything's been good since then um i feel bad about doing that but i just i wanted i wanted something to happen you know I yeah just, well yeah and and i and i love the whole notion of fairy rings anyway other people this is conversation uh the the like part that I have for this podcast, Nathaniel Carter, the family moved to ABL's house in 1759. Also, uh, Nathaniel Carter is a character in the Tannis podcast, okay. which I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I guarantee they got his whole story arc from oh, this, really? this oh, story, never, never which is ridiculous and amazing. And, and I love that. So if, you, if you're looking for a, uh, like a, uh, audio fiction drama kind yeah, of thing listen yeah. to tannis um it's awesome anyway they got sick some of them died some moved to new york uh, but the curse followed them there 1764 a band of hostile Amer- uh, native americans attacked their home killed some of them held others for ransom uh general herman swift who was the most famous resident of mm-hmm. Delhi town um his wife sarah was struck and killed by lightning on the front porch he then went insane and died shortly after yeah there's another story too about horace greeley living the newspaper editor living in dudley town i've seen that pop up a few places but it's not true oh he didn't live there i don't know how that got started okay uh there was a woman named mary cheney who was supposedly a victim of the dudley town curse but that story's not true this is like a big fish kind of thing like yeah i think i think no i think it was a case of where um there was some confusion about names and you know, somebody ran with the sto- with that story at one point, but that part of it turned out to not be true. Right. So okay. I did not include it, but in case anybody else who's listening is familiar with the story and they ask why I didn't, because he obviously, arguably more famous than General Herman Swift, who I've never heard of sure. outside of this story. Well, well, uh, what, that, you know, what got this story on your radar in the first place? Um, it, it's just, it's a story I've, I've known for uh, ever, like since the 90s. I mean, I just knew the story. I mean, I've been familiar with it. It's a, it's an older story, so it's pretty famous. Um, it was in a lot of 
older magazines and stuff from even back in the like the teens and 20s i've run across the story and it's so it's been around for a long time and uh, it really fit well into our season um it's it is everything about woods and fields dark and wicked and so it really fit and i had two cursed towns and i wanted to include them both i mean there are others but these these really fit with our our theme for the season so next next the ex, next episode there will be another one so what's the movie about the cursed town that like only appears every 100 years or whatever oh yeah you know what i'm talking about i do I can't remember what that is. And then though. somebody falls in love and then it appears again. So they yeah, can. Yeah, I don't remember what that is. But I yeah. watched it like a billion years ago. Yeah, me too. If somebody knows, yeah, let know, us tweet know. at us. Yeah, because I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, and I honestly, I won't care after this episode, but I'm curious right now. <laughs> you'll, um, you'll care. <laughs> Dudley Town starts to, uh, to slow down. So the land basically just sucks. So people move <laughs> yeah. away. Only one family remained John Patrick uh, Brophy. Yeah. In 1901. Yeah. His sheep start disappearing into the forest. His wife dies from consumption. His two boys also vanish <laughs> yeah. into the forest not long after the mother's funeral. His house burns down, and then he disappears uh-huh. into the woods. Right. What? Life I mean, great, what, huh? what do you? What do you? What do you make of all that? Well, that is uh, that is like the last nail in the coffin yeah. there of the town. I mean, that is. It's like. Um, I mean, if you if you believe there was a curse on it, let's just say. Well, he was the last one left, so. All the all the the evil hoodoo left in the curse got dumped out on this guy. What if you don't? What if you don't believe in the curse? What do you think happened? I don't know. Bad, really bad luck. Troy, that's not. I don't care, but it's really bad luck. I do not have an answer for you. (laughs) Okay, so 1918, Doctor William Clark falls in love with uh, Cornwall and the forest and kind of quiet life. He was the leading cancer specialist in New in New York, so he's like he's a big dude. Like he's, right, he's right. famous in in this area. Purchased a thousand acres uh, with his wife Harriet Bank Clark, which included Dudley Town. One weekend, he goes to New York for an emergency, and his wife's like, "Hey, I'm going to stay behind." Oh, it's Brigadoon. That's the movie that you're thinking of. Okay. Oh, okay. Tommy, Gene Kelly, Van Johnson, Jeff Douglas, two American pals on a Scottish hunting trip get lost in the woods come upon the magical village of Brigadoon, rising out of the Scottish mist once every hundred years and only for one day. Brigadoon is an enchanted place where life is simpler and easier, untouched by the worries of the modern world. When Tommy falls for a beautiful vig- visitor, um, Fiona Campbell, played by Sid Therese, he must decide whether to stay or return to his life. Wait, what year did that come out? It came out in 1954. Damn. So you must have caught it on a rerun. Yeah, sometime. no, yeah, I wasn't there for the premiere. <laughs> yeah. I didn't get a screening yeah, for Brigadoon. that. Yeah, Brigadoon. I guess we, and if I really had thought about it, I might have remembered that, but you it was have, easier to Google it. You wouldn't have fucking re- Anyway. Oh, I'm, I know the movie now. Brigadoon! see what it is. So. Anyway. Um, so, was that okay. necessary? Was everything you just said necessary? Hey, you wanted to know the name of the movie. I was providing it I for kinda you. I kind of did. And I'm going easy on you because your dad died. Thank you. So you need to. Dead dad's club. Anyway, yeah. so, okay, this guy goes away for one weekend and he's like, hey, yeah. lady friend, stay behind. Everything it's his will wife. Be cool. <laughs> he returns 36 hours later. His wife is insane, saying creatures um, from the woods attacked her and she eventually kills herself. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do, do we know, like, the time span between any of that or anything? Or just, no, like, I don't know how long it was, but it was very soon after all this happened, like, within the next two weeks. Dude, that's she was fucked. Dead. That's yeah. fucked up. Oh, I know. 
I know. So the the doctor kept um, the house, but yes. uh, and remarried, but he, but he never returned alone. He and others created a forest preserve around the place to keep people away from Dudley Town. Mm-hmm. But you you've been there, Troy. Tell yeah. me. Tell well, me everything. Well, you used to be able to still go there. I mean, it was a hiking area. Yeah. Um, it wasn't. I mean, you could go back there. Did you go there specifically for? I this? I went there to see the what was left of the town. Okay. I mean, yeah, that was yeah. the reason I went because I knew the story. I had friends who lived in Connecticut at the time. And offered to take me up there, so we went. And um, yeah, I mean, there's just there there wasn't much to see. I mean, did you guys like just, stay the night in no, the place? No, no, we oh, stayed out okay. there until d- after dark. Did you stay in the woods? Or yeah, like in no, a, well, I mean, it's like in it's in it's in the woods. Did you stay no, like in a tent? No, or? we just hung out there. Okay, I mean, okay. you could the, the at the time there were still a lot of foundations and things there. Sure, so we just kind of hung around in the foundations i just wanted to walk around take pictures yeah and but you stuff. said it was eerie but yeah like, oh yeah it's real spooky i mean there wasn't any i mean and you know some of that could have been the fact that i knew what it was i mean sure. i knew the story behind it so i kind of was probably on edge but it's still a spooky area because it gets dark so early because the, all the shadows i mean right. the mountains are like surrounding it who, and so who you, lands no, there and is like yeah let's make I know, a settlement that's what i thought too yeah. i don't I don't know what the appeal ever could have been other than, well, he owned the property. I don't, I don't know, sure. you know, but I don't even know why you buy it in the first place. I don't know what you think you could do with it other than, and even then, you know, they did try to, to do stuff, but it was just too far away from town. Have you been places you know? in the Pacific Northwest? And like, if so, how did that compare to? Yeah, I don't, I don't know where you're. The, you've drawn the comparison. Uh, I would. I, I'm just curious. Sure, I, sure. Yeah. yeah. So I think about because um, it's a we're, it's a whole different kind of landscape. I think about people that talk about um, and there's like podcasts and different things to talk mm-hmm. about like Kurt Cobain and everything and like sure. being in the woods and then like hearing things and going crazy and oh, stuff like that I see and what like you're maybe saying. why that 24 year old suicide kind of thing like yeah. happens yeah, and they yeah. say it's like it's the woods, it's depressing, it's dark, it's it's desolated, it's. It's rough. Well, I mean, that's always been a thing. I mean, you know, people were settlers were terrified of the woods when they first came because nobody knew what was in there. What do you What do you think is the cause for like sheep going missing and then people going missing? Is it people running away or people? It, like, it could Native be. Americans? It could like, have been anything. I mean, it could have been. You know, it could have been the sheep just wandered off and an animal killed them. Yeah. Um, same thing could have happened to kids. You know, I mean, back then we're talking about you know. A time when that was still pretty rough, uncharted. If your kid gets woods, killed by an animal in the woods, they don't. They go out in the woods. They don't come mm, back. Right. I mean, it happens. It that happens today. If you can't fight a wolf, you know? I don't want you as my kid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly my point. See, but um, so I mean, you know, there are, there are plenty of logical explanations for this stuff. But yeah. I always just, I still, I still look at all the things that happen in that one location and then you go because honestly our next episode's the same way sure um is the same Don't way give it's, too many I'm, I'm not i'm not but i'm just saying though that you know when you have this amount of stuff in one spot you have to ask yeah you know what what's going on what's wrong with that spot well what did you what did you feel if anything while you were there? no i mean i i mean you know we've had this discussion i am certainly not psychic but i mean anybody can have a bad feelings but i guess i just thought it was really i did really feel very spooked just by eerie. it yeah it was very eerie but i didn't i didn't go out there and go you know oh i think i heard a ghost i did hear owls uh which i guess could sound like ghosts <laughs> Wait, to some who? people yeah exactly <laughs> see so that's what i kept saying who who's that i don't understand hmm. um but yeah it's uh but yeah it's it's um it was a cool spot you just you can't go there anymore i mean yeah. people do 
They're not supposed to. They They're get arrested. They're not supposed to. Right. They do get arrested. We can't support this. No, I but don't support it. if you do, it. let yeah, us know. Yeah, I don't support it. Um, but, yeah, it's been closed for a long time now. Hmm. So, How did it compare to other kind of spots you've seen as far as, like, you know, just, like, remnants and, and foundations? Um, and you know, I don't know. I mean, I grew up. I mean, I've been, you when I used to be out west. I mean, went to a lot of ghost towns and stuff. Uh, this is just different. It's ghost towns out west are you know, they're not, they're not hidden in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're, they were there for a purpose. I, I can't, I just have a hard time wrapping my head around what the purpose would have been to put a town here. Yeah. Um, I just don't, I mean, there's a, there's a great fictional story to be told with this, Yeah. you know, with an evil town or, you know, an evil place or whatever. Um, but the, the real story is weird enough, Sure. you know, because it's just, I, I never been able to figure out why you would put a town there. I, I could see it being like a man, a man at his wits end, and he's just like, you know what, running, and he's like, fuck, I'm yeah, gonna, I'm, I'm going to build my I town know, here. I know, I just—it's so far off the beaten path. Yeah, you know, well, it it's doesn't all, make it's any sense. Like, it's like Alton, right? Like Alton was. Well, it started for a reason, though. Well, it started for a man selling land that he didn't. Well, own. I know, but he still—it still was a nice spot. On well, the I river, feel like I, it's a it's a river. I feel port. like this guy just got tired. It had, natural, like, hey, it had a natural landing, <laughs> so I mean, it served a purpose. Dudley Town served no purpose, and you that's know. why I want to know: Do yeah. we have listeners in yeah. Cody, Wyoming, oh, or <laughs> anywhere else? Oh, um, okay, so it is not okay. I want to give some shout-outs to our supporters on Patreon. So thank you so much for oh boy. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, people have been signing up for the the, the alternate <laughs> podcast. Emilion, so. Dawn, Melissa, Katie, Claire, Will, Amy, Jamie, Douglas, Annabelle, Melissa, Dolce, Chyler, Diane, Bryce, Trident, Troy, Michelle, Christy, and Andrea. Andrea, I'm sorry if I mispronounced <laughs> your name. I just, I'm looking off of like, you know what I what I have here and uh, I'm so sorry if I mispronounce <laughs> any of your stuff um, it is now time for our ghostwriter segment if you have a question or comment about the world of macabre you can email us at americanhauntingspodcast at gmail.com this comes to us from Kari says my friend and I were heading out to Salem next month uh, timely subject neither <laughs> of us have been here We'll be talking uh, about the site's history, uh, taking in uh, haunted locations, any recommend recommendations to where to go, best places to visit, tours. Um, any help would be appreciated. Love what you're doing. Hopefully I can get out for a conference sometime. Kari. Well, I mean, when you get there, it's pretty self-explanatory. I would when think you get so. There, it is. Um, they do a really nice job of, well, they, they've got a nice, the museum and things are nice. They have a historical museum. There are reenactments of the the trials. You know, there's a lot of tours. So like, um, so there's yeah, fire yeah, yeah, not quite that oh, reenacted, right, but um, but of the trials, not the executions. Um, but you, yeah, you you can it, everything. There's everything to see, and it's all right there. And the harbor is is really cool. Um, I recommend going to the House of Seven Gables, uh, the one that you know inspired Nathaniel Hawthorne's story. Um, that's there. Um, also, the Edward Gorey House uh, is also a museum now, and he's he was a, an artist and an illustrator who did um, well. He did like the the ghastly crumb tidies, 
Oh, uh, yeah. The A is for, you know, Adam who fell down the stairs. B is yeah, for yeah. Basil who got eaten by a bear. Um, but he does all the, you know, the opening credits to, like, mystery on PBS. And so he's a very uh, eccentric, oddball artist. And, uh, you know, his house is there. That's a great trip. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot to do there. But it is very, very f easy to figure out when you get mm -hmm. there. Very. Uh, but it's not a big town. I mean, it's not big. Sure. Uh, but it's um, but it's nice. And they it's not a it's not. A, I don't think it's a tourist trap. I mean, was, it, it could really have gone the wrong way <laughs> in promoting it. And they really have kept it, I think, um, you know, toned down quite a bit, you know, as far oh, as good. not lurid. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's good. It, it's a nice trip. It's a nice place to visit. It is cool. Very cool. Very educational. Well, good. Well, John also sent in a long email with questions um, about Velisca, and I, I read it, and I was like, oh, shit, John. Like, Go I don't, I don't remember anything. Oh, God, that's been a while. Huh? I, that's the thing. I was like, I don't remember anything about this. Yeah. So, uh, John, I'm going to go through your email. I'm going to parse out your questions, and then I'm going to re revisit them. But, like, dude, I don't remember anything about that season. <laughs> like, it was so long ago. Because he's like, what about specific suspects? And I was like, John. John, I don't remember. Yeah. So, John. You know, I wrote a book about it. You know, Velisca. right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, John, that could help yeah, you Yeah, that too. might help. Um, uh, but, no, I am going to respond to you, but, like, I just, I don't know. I don't remember any of that stuff. It, just, it was so Blues long had, ago. That was several seasons ago. Yeah, it just, yeah. it comes into my mind. I write an outline. It goes out of my mind. Yeah, we've done New Orleans and Hollywood since yeah. then, and then halfway through another and season. And I didn't write any books about it. Well, it's true. Shot. So, <laughs> anyway, okay, Troy. Yes. That's all I got. All right. That's all I got. Okay. Well, cool. So, well, we have a lot of stuff coming up um, over the summer. So uh, the conference fun. is already sold out, I'm sorry to say. Dude, um, it's going to be so I'm, much I'm not fun. sorry, but I mean, I'm really sorry. glad. It's be so but much fun. I'm sorry for people who didn't get tickets, you know, um, but there's always next year. Uh, but we do have a lot of dinner events and River Road tours coming up. Yes. Um, I added about two dozen of them recently. Uh, it takes you all the way through the summer. So you just love being in the spot. Uh, I just like I do like doing those dinners. They're a lot of fun. They are so um, fun. they're fun. And I, I really enjoy we've been. Fun. Yeah, we've been. Um, I updated the River Road tour, changed it around some, added some new things in. So that's been kind of fun, too. So, Wait, so you know who the original Piasaw bird was? Is that what you're. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but yeah, no, we um, so that's coming up. I mean, that's at dinnerandspirits.com. And if you do book stuff or if you buy books, you know, because uh, a new book, new magazine coming out this week. So um, many books. I'm the, sitting surrounded Use by the books. podcast discount. Um, that's all you got to put in is podcast. Get you 10% off. I'm surrounded by hundreds so, of books right now. I know. I know. And I Patreon. Check out their Patreon. Um, you know, I know we've been talking about it for a long time, but this new, um, this new, this new alternate series has been is 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 proving popular awesome. so um People but yeah it. it's uh, patreon.com slash american hauntings so check that out um like us follow us give us a review i don't i mean All you know we'll, we might read your review uh we might not but on the other hand, you know, it does help people find us. So if you like the podcast, you know, that helps other people find us. If you hate the podcast, I don't listen, I guess. Then, but, yeah, Troy and I make fun yeah. of you uh, without you knowing. And then we never <laughs> well, talk about too. it. Yeah. This episode of the American Hauntings Podcast was written by... <laughs> 
Troy Taylor. And it was yeah, that was me. That's me. by me. Cody Beck, yeah. yeah. Uh, music for this podcast is performed by Packy Lundholm, and you can find more about his music and upcoming shows on Twitter, Instagram, Bandcamp, SoundCloud, and Facebook. And you can find us on most of those places, too. Yeah, just not Bandcamp. Not, or SoundCloud. No, okay. What, what am I doing on SoundCloud? <laughs> yeah. uh, plus, yeah. you can subscribe My to the My latest album is available now. So. <laughs> you can subscribe <laughs> to us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Because this is your favorite podcast. It, is, so. it better be. It better be. See the website at AmericanHauntedsPodcast.com, which I just updated. Yes, uh, and it more, looks good. Thank you. For more info about the show, notes, photos, links, and more, thanks for listening. We couldn't and definitely would what not. We would, I would yeah. not no. do this show <laughs> without you. Um, and we wouldn't do it without you. So until next time, <laughs> goodbye. So long. See you later. Cool. It took us a long time to get started. It did. We'll mostly talk about the dad. So. Well, we talked about your dad, and then we, you got off on a tangent about research, which was okay, well, because, well, the thing's a short episode. Troy, listen. So that worked.